Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, June 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We gave you some Chiefs talk on Wednesday's show, and we bring you more today. This time, we hear from the Chiefs themselves. Patrick Mahomes, along with Andy Reid and coordinators Steve Spagnolo and Eric Bieniemy, were among those who met with reporters on Thursday. A current and obvious topic was Mahomes' 20-0 goal that he expressed at his charity golf tournament last weekend. Mahomes expanded on the thought. Andy Reid spoke to it, and I think you'll enjoy what the enemy didn't say about it. So let's just get right to it. You'll hear them in the order we did. Reid, Spagnolo, Mahomes, and then the enemy. Here we go. Hey, Coach. We are ready whenever you are. All right. Um, don't have any injuries. Can't talk about those right now anyway. So the guys have all been healthy, so that's a good thing. Uh, time's yours. Go first to <clears throat> Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach. Uh, my question is more about uh, the league in this offseason as a whole. I know there's been a lot of talks about maybe in the future, NFLPA, NFL, trying to get rid of the offseason and the offseason programming. Uh, based upon your experience, the, the two decades plus in the league, just how important is some of these workouts to what you guys are trying to accomplish all season? Yeah, so I, I think it's important uh, – the coaches and players do, do it um, the right way. And that's uh, give the guys an opportunity to get out of the weight room, get in, well, you know, they do their weightlifting, but get out of the weight room and do some football. I mean, if they don't do it here, they're going to do it on their own. And we got good facilities and field for them. Um, if everybody's smart with it, you can get a whole lot done. Um, in particular, some of the new stuff you want to work on or some of the things from your off season studies uh, that you can get coordinated. So, and, and write up. Um, from what was going on during the season. So I, I think it's a it's a win-win if it's handled right, yeah. And I think the way it's set up right now is good. I I think the time with the players has been good. And, um, you know, you can ask our guys, but I think it's been productive. <clears throat> Go next to Herbie T.O.B. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good afternoon. Here. Patrick Mahomes obviously made some headlines over the last couple of days, a 20-0 prediction. What was your reaction when you – you heard about that prediction? Well, I heard the whole, I heard, I saw the whole thing, but just by chance, I normally don't see those things, but I, I did see that one. Um, and they, he was asked, you know, what would, what would be a great challenge for him and, you know, to, to work for. And so, you know, 20 and 0 made sense, but I mean, it's a, uh, uh, he wasn't boasting about it. That's not what he was doing, but he, he just said that's uh, that would be a great challenge, which it would be. I mean, we've got a, you know, we've got a pretty stiff schedule and uh, some great competition that we're going to play against. So um, I, I felt like he was really saying, "Listen, we all need to get busy and and work our tail off uh, because of that." So next to Vahe, go ahead, Vahe. Hey there, Andy. Um, all right, Vahe. Just uh, really along the same lines. In general, do you do you either like or dislike having uh, things like that said to sort of create a bar and a standard? Does it, do you, do you find things like that drive a, drive some juice? Well, I didn't, I, I didn't really didn't see it that way. I mean, I, I look, listen, he, there's nobody that's more competitive and wants, wants new challenges than, than he does. That's a, that's a great one. I mean, that hadn't, hasn't been done with that many games. So, um, you know, okay. But I, he didn't mean it in any way where he's doing that. I have full trust in him uh, that way. So that's just not how he's wired. 
Right. It's a good challenge. It's a good challenge for sure, Bahe. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, so last week you got the guys out in the field, in the building. Uh, they got to go home and digest that stuff. Now they're back this week. Just what stood out about practice this week and what you guys were able to accomplish on the field? Yeah, uh, listen, these guys, they work hard. They have fun together. They challenge each other as much as you can challenge in these type of things. We're just throwing the football. I mean, we're not we're not doing the run game or anything and knocking people all over the place. That's not what's going on right now. So um, I, I think they have fun with it. And if they weren't doing it here, I'm sure they'd be doing it somewhere else. And that's how they've approached it. And so we've had great attendance at these things. And and like I said, the guy, they're, they're not mandatory. I mean, if a guy has something he's got to do, they go do it. And then they come back and jump back in and do, you know, and get busy. So um, it's been, I, I think it's been productive. Yeah. Had a good week. Got time for a few more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Sarin. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, could you just give us an update on on how things are going as far as COVID related? Mm -hmm. Is it getting back? You know, a lot of people are kind of getting closer to normal. Does this feel like a a normal practice? And how much more productive are you able to be if you know you're getting more and more guys vaccinated? Yeah, sir. So we're we're testing. You know, we test once a week and and do that. And um, we, we've had a good. You know, our numbers are trending way up. With you know, compared with the other teams, we're we're right there, one of the top teams with uh, having vaccinations and. Um, and it's not a pressure we, you don't sit here as an organization and pressure. These guys this is something that they want to do. And, um, and so, uh, that's where we're at and it's been, you know, it, it feels good to be able to go out on the field without a mask and, and practice and you know, your mind's not onto what you have to do next as far as COVID, but on what you need to do next for, for the football part of it. And that is one less distraction there, you know, that way. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, later uh, we're going to get the chance to talk to Clint Flagel for the first time. And, you know, that's a guy who's obviously had a lot of experience with SPAGs and been around the league. What's the value of having a voice like that and a coach like that joining SPAGs and especially somebody who can work with the young linebackers that you've drafted? Yeah, Matt, Ken, uh, he's been – I was with him for a long time at the college level and then – he was with Spags at the college level for a stop, and also, <clears throat> excuse me, at um, in the NFL. The one unique thing about that defensive staff is, uh, you know, you throw Ken in the mix. Uh, House has been with them, and Brendan's been with them, and they all kind of know each other. And um, and and David and Sam, they, Sam played for Spags, and David worked with them in New York. I mean, uh, David worked with Spags in New York, so there's a tie in there. There's a connection. And, um, and so they can get a lot of work done and give the players a lot of good information and they kind of know what each other's thinking. And Ken's uh, case, he, he was Spags' defense coordinator. So um, Spags got a lot of trust in him, obviously, and rightly so. And, and um, you know, he can give him projects or whatever. He's, I mean, he's coaching the outside linebackers right now, but he can – he trusts them for doing projects or, or whatever. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Andy. Hi, right, Nate. The uh, I know it's week two of OTAs, but to see the chemistry between Patrick and the new offensive line, just what have you noticed, and uh, whether that's in the classroom or on the field? Yeah, so the big guys are working their tail off to kind of knock out some of the kinks and 
uh, learn the offense, learn the protections. Uh, you know, Coach Heck does a great job with that, and he's loaded them up with stuff. So we don't we don't want to step back. You want to keep going forward, and um, and so and the, and then Spags, you know, he's got every look that you you can imagine to work on. So I think that way it's great uh, from a protection standpoint. Uh, we're not doing any run uh, against the defense, so they're doing that all against Bags and. And, uh, and and so it's, you know, recognition things there. Um, but I, I think they're handling it. They're handling it well. And they seem to be talking and communicating. And uh, again, there, there are some things we've got to keep working on, but I, I would expect that, yeah. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you. Yep. Oh, we're ready whenever you are. Yeah, I just saw you on the hallway. Now I see you on the screen, I think. Um, <laughs> Look at all good. Happy to be out there practicing. Um, I don't have much to say. I'm just going to open it up and let you fire away. It's good to see everybody. It's good to be doing one of these. So appreciate everybody being here. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. How you doing today? Great, Adam. Good. Hey, um, we were talking last week to uh, Hitchens and to Tyron, and they were talking about the emphasis you're putting on uh, fixing the red zone defense, yeah. being better in the red zone. Are there some components that are really important to be a good red zone defensive team? Are there things you look at and say, if we do this well, we're going to, we're going to play well down there. Uh, you mean like general ones, Adam, or, or yeah. what we did, right? Yeah. Just in general playing good yeah. red zone defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first thing to me is we always say is we, we don't want to allow teams to run the ball. We really do want to force them to throw it. Um, and then have tight coverage. I mean, down there, the throwing lanes get tight. We all know that, everybody that knows football. So you try to force them into throwing it in those tight windows. So that's, that would be the first thing. Um, you know, in these kind of practices, we obviously don't get runs, so we can't really work on that. That'll come in training camp or in preseason games. But then the second thing is just everybody being on the same page. The third thing to me is, is where the league, uh, football in general, has gone in the red zone, especially in the tight red zone with all the, I'm going to call it option football. We call it swaps and seals and tight ends coming, coming across behind the line of scrimmage. There, there's a lot of challenging football nowadays, and you got to make decisions on zone or man and how many guys you put up on the line. So we're working through all of that and hopeful uh, that we can get better. And, uh, I, you know, if we had just played, uh, I don't know, 50% better in the red zone last year, it made a huge difference and certainly points allowed and, and I didn't think we were terrible, terrible in points allowed, but certainly when people got in the red zone, it was a challenge for us. Go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sam. Um, last week, Andy mentioned that he thought one of the your under-the-radar signings this year was, uh, was Jaron Reed. I'm wondering what he allows you to do on the defensive line, specifically um, perhaps with, with moving Chris around a little bit. Yeah, I tell you what, Sam, we're, we're really trying to figure that out. Uh, to be quite honest with you, and it's going to take a little bit of time. But listen, I remember when he was at Alabama, I have a good friend that um, actually trained him as he got ready for the combine. So we have a mutual friend, coach I have a lot of respect for. And I've always liked him as a player. So I'm glad we got him. We've had him here a few days here. And I tell you, he, I texted him the other day. I just really like the way he handles himself here, practice. He's serious about football. He knows when to lighten it up. Right now, in the short amount of time I've had with him, I really love the personality, the attitude, and what he gives us as a football player. Let's go next to Herbie Tioki. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good seeing you as always. You too, Herbie. 
Hey, I have two questions for you. The first one, obviously, you're bringing Ken Rizzoli in. What, what was your reaction to being reunited with him? I know he served with you as a defensive coordinator uh, yeah. in St. Louis. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Ken Flagel. Flagel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we laugh about, you know what, Herb? I call him that just kidding around sometimes. So I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him that you said that. I would tell him it was you. Uh, but he'll laugh. He'll laugh. He'll think it's funny. That's like nobody can pronounce my name either. Right. I mean, you guys figured it out after a while. But listen, uh, Ken and I have known each other for a long time. Andy knew him way before I did. Uh, but I got to know him the same time I got to know Andy when they were on the staff at UTEP together in Missouri. He's been in the league a long time. Like you said, he was a defensive coordinator for us in St. Louis. And I just got a great deal of respect for him. I think he's just going to be a, a great sounding board for me another set of eyes and somebody that's uh, had a lot of experience in this league. And, you know, on game day, I know Ken, we, we run together on the sideline. He's really good on game day with sorting things out, run schemes and what the offense is trying to do to us. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, he knows Matt and Brendan, a lot of these guys. So it's been kind of pretty comfortable um, him just coming here. It's been great. He's been great to have. And the second part of the um, half of you coaches, Obviously, you've got two young linebackers here in, in uh, Willie Gay as well as Nick Bolton. What's your excitement level as you've watched him, and what kind of feedback are you getting from your friend? I'm not going to try to pass him. Coach Flagel? <laughs> yeah. You can call him Ken. We just go with Ken. Uh, listen, Matt House does a great job with those guys. I really get my feedback from Matt on the linebackers, and he do, he's been doing a terrific job. And both those guys were, were really excited to have – uh, and really looking forward to what they can do. I mean, let's not forget Willie Gay didn't have any preseason games last year. Um, now Nick will get a benefit of that this year. Uh, we'll, we're going to try to find ways to get him on the field. It might take a little while. Um, you know, the volume of defense is probably catching up with the both of them right now. You know, we've asked uh, Willie to play two different spots, Sam and Will. That's typical in the NFL, just like we do with really all our linebackers, except for, uh, except for Hitch. Uh, but we're glad we got them both. We're looking forward to what they can do. We'll go last two, Pete and then Sarin. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Steve. Good to see you again. Um, Me too, Pete. So last year we saw, you know, no Breland at the beginning of the year because of the suspension. Obviously not here anymore. Uh, how much of a desire is there to push Legarius to the outside? And, and if so, in that, what happens in, in that slot position that he was manning last year? Yeah, uh, great question, Pete. But before I answer it, I, I just got to throw this observation out. I don't see any defensive. I'm looking at the back behind you, and I can see number 15, <laughs> 15, 15. I don't see any defensive bodies. Pete, I'll work, I'm going to work on that. Yeah, okay. I'll work on that, sure. Um, now I forgot your question. Legarius to the outside. Yes, and yeah. What happens with, yeah. Um, well, I tell you what. Uh, I think back in Philadelphia, uh, we had Bobby Taylor. Uh, what we did with Bobby is he played outside in the four DB packages and then he moved in in the five DB. So we may go that route. A little bit of it is, is going to depend upon the, I'm going to just say the next corner that surfaces or is there a next corner that surfaces? Um, if we need to keep him on the outside, we'll do that. I think until then, we'll probably work them at both and then just see where it goes. We, we really need to find out what we have in the quote-unquote other corners, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we'll go last. Seren Petro. Good, Seren. Uh, Coach, a lot of talk about Chris Jones playing defensive end and and you know maybe having that flexibility to move out there. Uh, how difficult uh, a transition is that? How do you how do you gauge? I know this is maybe not the best time, right? You're not getting a lot yeah. of work, but, yeah. but when you do it, like making sure that you're not, you know, maybe 
losing his quickness that he has against bigger guys inside versus maybe uh, playing more power role outside? Like, how, how do you balance that? It's a great observation, a great question. Uh, I have posed that to myself quite a bit because he is an imposing player inside. We all know that. Um, if we move him outside on a, on a number of the snaps, and he's going to have to have, uh, he's going to be have to be flexible to do both. Uh, we will miss that. Hopefully, we will gain something on the edge when somebody changes a position. Obviously, the first hurdle is the mental part of it. So Chris is working through that, and he's been great. Uh, he he's been here and been part of the whole thing, and I think that's important when you change a position. It's just not that easy to pick up a whole new spot, and we do some different things with the defensive end. So. Uh, he'll play out there a little bit. You know, we'll move him back inside when we have to. But I think it's a great point that you're making. I think your question is, how do you balance that? I'm not sure how you do that yet. Um, maybe it'll come down to, and I think we'll probably do a little bit of this, we'll come down to who we're playing and where maybe we can find a weakness and uh, maybe expose that weakness, you know, in, in the five offensive linemen. But all of that, we just got to get him used to playing the two spots right now and figure out the rest of it later on. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks okay. for joining us. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll start first with Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Patrick, good to see you. Good seeing you. Hey, two questions here for you. Uh, obviously, six days of on-field work, five days. We had the charity golf tournament last week, but five days of on-field work. How's your toe feeling? Um, you full go? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, if there was a game, I'd be able to play in it, I think. Um, at, at the end of the day, I mean, there's still stuff I'm going to have to work through. I'll have to continue to rehab um, and continue to, to keep strengthening that stuff. But it's good to be able to get out there a little bit earlier than on, earlier than the schedule had me and uh, be able to get some work in. Second part, obviously, you made some headlines this past week with the 20-0 goal that you have <clears throat> coach I'll be, I asked coach about it before you came on and he said it wasn't a boast it was just a goal that you would like to do uh, but what was your teammates reaction when when the news of that started going around I don't think there was really a, a reaction at all I mean if you're in this league you want to win every single time you're on the football field uh, and I think people get a whole hyped up about saying 20 and 0 because you have to take it one week at a time. But at the end of the day, you you want to continue to win every single week. I'm not uh, going into the season hoping I lose any games. Let's go next to Haley Lewis. Go ahead, Haley. Hey, Patrick. I was able to talk with the CEO of Whoop earlier this week and kind of talk about your podcast, what you did during last season. So now that you kind of check that every day going into this next season, how do you think that data and that technology of knowing your body so well is going to help you get past this, you know, injury into the 2021 season? Yeah, I think it, it helps out a ton um, because you can see not only how when you have these hard, high strain days, these hard work days, 
um, how you recover, but you also see like how you eat and how that helps your body recover and, and stuff like that. So it helps me manage what I do on a day-to-day basis uh, in order to make sure that I'm at top performance on game day. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, you're working with a new center now. Uh-oh. Yeah, he broke up. I don't know if that's just me here. I think you're cutting out there, Matt. I think he was asking about the new center. Matt, we got you? Yeah, yeah. I was asking about Creed and just uh, the relationship that you guys go through, the chemistry, get on the same page. And, and can you even notice that he's a left-handed snapper? I've already gotten pretty much used to it. Uh, I mean, uh, it's something that just, you just kind of get out there and play football at the end of the day. Uh, it's not that not that big of a deal. You I mean, you get a couple snaps on the center and you just go out there and continue to play. But uh, I think that whole group, it's good to be out here and, and have these guys here because uh, you have to, you start building that chemistry, that communication that you need uh, as a uh, offense. And uh, I think we do a good job of, of learning and not making the same mistake twice. Good next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. Um, past couple of weeks, your first chance to work with Cornell Powell and Noah Gray. What's your early impressions of them so far? They can, they can work, man. They, they know how to get out there and make plays happen. Uh, uh, I've been uh, uh, Noah uh, has been really good. I think he has a, a kind of that veteran-type skill set where he knows how to get himself open, even if it's not exactly what the play is designed to do. He knows how to get his eyes back, be on the quarterback's timing. Um, and then Powell, you I mean, just he's a, he's a beast, man. He, how big he is out there. He's running across the field. Uh, making a lot of big catches in tough contested spots. And so to be able to work with those guys along with the other guys and continue to uh, improve those rooms, um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to help us out a ton in the long run. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, on the uh, goal of 20 and 0, um, obviously you're not the only quarterback or only team that wants to do that. There's 31 other teams that want to do that. But nobody else, at least that I've heard, has gone public with it. I'm just curious why you decided you would go public with that, why you would come out with that uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, I believe the the question I was asked was uh, what record that I would want to break. And to me, records don't mean anything if you're not winning that last game at the end of the season. So uh, uh, to me, it's about going in every single week with the mindset that we're trying to win, we're going to win. Um, and at, at the end of the day, whatever the record is, if it's 20 and zero or, or whatever it is, you're winning that last game of the season, uh, then you're going to be happy with whatever happened uh, earlier in the season. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Patrick, I'm curious. You've answered a number of questions about this 20 and 0 thing, and it, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. As you said, it was kind of something that was said as an answer to a question you were asked directly. With everything that you say being so much under the microscope, do you hear those things come out? Like when you hear it, you go, well, yeah, I know I'm going to be answering seven questions about this now because I just said it. Is that, are you living in that kind of fishbowl? And do you hear that every time it kind of comes out of your mouth? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just part of the, part of the gig, part of playing quarterback in the NFL. Um, I know I'm going to have to answer questions either way. So let's, have, let's answer a question about us winning football games. I'll think about that. It's going to be Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Patrick, uh, you made a theme of it this offseason. It seemed like whenever uh, an offensive line move would come through, you would kind of quote tweeted it and put a happy face emoji. You know, that's what we saw. I just was wondering what the exchanges were like with Brett Veach and the personnel department uh, and just the appreciation you have for really bolstering this line after we all saw you kind of running around in that last game. Yeah, I mean, you just want to be able to build depth. 
Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is they, they, they put a lot of good guys and brought back a lot of good guys and to put in that O-line room so that the competition uh, is high every single day. Um, and um, I felt like we had guys that were good guys in that room last year, but to continue to add and add more and more talented guys, that brings out the best. And I think that's what you want in every, any team. Uh, that uh, a winning culture of you have to earn your spot every single day. You have to come in with that mindset of I have to get better because that's what brings out the best in everybody. We've got time for two more. We'll go Nathan and Sam. Go ahead, Nate. Patrick, it's um, in, in talking about just the new offensive linemen, um, what's it been like for you to sort of teach them versus when you first came into the NFL and you were learning from guys like Eric and Mitchell um, and even Mitch Morrison, the guys of those likes, what's it been like to teach those offensive linemen what you like in terms of trying to build that chemistry and understanding of the playbook? Yeah, I think it's really cool, honestly. Uh, like you, you said it. I mean, when I first came into the league, I had a lot of veteran guys with uh, Eric Fisher and, and Mitch Schwartz and like Mitch Morris, all these guys um, that were helping me when I was when I was at the line of scrimmage, helping me communicate and, and get us all on the same page. And then to, to be able now – um, to have a new group of guys that obviously are extremely intelligent and know the, know how to play the, the game of football and stuff like that, but to show how I communicate and how I do things in the line of scrimmage and us build that chemistry again, um, uh, I, think, I think it's really cool. And it's, it's just going to really help us in the long run as we continue to learn each other um, and learn how each other thinks uh, while we're out there on the field. We'll go last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, I'm wondering uh, – I guess the short of this is what benefit you get out of these OTAs, but the long of it is, is you didn't have these last year. So as you're going through some things this year, are you realizing, Hey, I really miss not doing this last year because, you know, we, we fell behind at training camp or there's certain things like that. I think the, the, the biggest thing is you get to experiment a little bit more Uh, when you get to training camp. Um, you, you kind of have to be refined and refining things. You're trying to get ready for the season against different teams uh, and different defenses and stuff like that. Um, so that's a big part of, of why we came in uh, to do the, the, the OTAs. And I know they're voluntary and everything like that, but we're able to experiment and not go extremely hard, but still be able to get some good work in, um, get the guys together, build that chemistry and be a part, be a part of the team. I think that's the only uh, real big difference uh, uh, than not being here, I guess you'd say. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Coach, we are ready whenever you are. Good afternoon. Long time no see. Hopefully everybody's doing very well. Uh, With that said, hey, I'm all ears. Let's go first to Harold Kuntz. Go ahead, Harold. EB, what's going on? What's going on, bro? Uh, We're doing the same, man. Hey, uh, a lot of new additions to the offense, especially on the offensive line. Just your overall thoughts on seeing guys like Orlando Brown, Joe Tui out there. And how that's going to help your offense overall as a general with these practices? You know what? I will say this. These guys have done a heck of a job. There's a lot of unique personalities in that room. Those guys are hilarious. They love having a good time together. It's great seeing them out there and working together. And uh, it's been good. The chemistry is building. And the best thing about it, these guys are working their tails off. So I'm excited. I'm fired up. Uh, there's some new juice in the building. So, hey, we keep it rolling. Go next to Haley Lewis. Go ahead, Haley. Hey, Coach, kind of wanted to ask you, we talked to Reed about how now that things are creeping back to normal, people are getting more and more vaccinated. You guys don't have to focus so heavily on the COVID precautions. You can actually focus on football. How has that been these past couple of weeks where you actually get to just focus on what you're supposed to do? (laughs) You know what? I don't know if you actually really get back to 
you know, the, the ways of the world, the normal world as we used to know it. I still find myself putting a mask on every now and then when I'm coming in the building or just wearing one in my office. So still trying to get used to it. But I will say this. It does feel good knowing that everybody uh, has been vaccinated. But, you know, I'm talking about our coaching staff and our administration. But I will say this. When it's all said and done with. We're out here for OTAs. We get an opportunity to be outside on grass. I mean, you can't beat the weather. It was nice today. So get to watch the guys compete and perform. So we're having a great time. Thank you. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric. Um, with, with Sammy uh, Watkins being gone, uh, looks like uh, McCole and uh, Byron Pringle are two of the guys who are, are in line for maybe more playing time. What have you seen from each of those two guys specifically that would lead you to believe that um, they're ready for a bigger, uh, a bigger workload? Well, you know, McCole, Prango, D-Rob, they've all have had an opportunity to do it for us uh, throughout their whole entire careers here. So we're, we're counting on those guys to step up. And when it's all said and done with, we coach our guys, each and every one of them, to be the starter. So when it's all said and done with, these guys will be mentally as well as physically prepared to step up in any role that we foresee them to be in. So I'm excited about it. You know, the best thing about this time of the year is being out there and watching these guys compete, but also, too, watching them build the chemistry together and watching them work and grow and get better together. So that's that's the fun part of it. We'll go three more right from the top string of Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Eric, GM Brett Feach had said on the record that you might, guys might try to get Clyde a little bit more involved in the, the passing game this season. And I was just wondering the process on that and the coaching points to maybe bring him a little bit further along and, and get him more involved on passes from Pat. Well, the thing is, is just making sure that he has a better understanding of exactly what we're doing. When you come in as a rookie, obviously everything is brand new and every week is a new playbook for you in a sense. And so he's had an opportunity to get a season underneath his feet. Now, obviously he's had an opportunity to, uh, to get out here and, and, and listen and be a part of the meetings. And so everything is starting to make more sense to him. And so with him growing with our, our, the wisdom that he has uh, obtained in our system, it's going to help him to know exactly what we expect him to do when placed in those certain situations. So we're counting on Clyde to be Clyde. Clyde, Clyde is a, he's a tremendous kid. And on top of that, he's a hell of a football player and he's going to accept any role and accept any challenge that's, that's placed upon him. Good. I said, Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Good afternoon, coach. What's up, D? Uh, you got it. Uh, a wise man once said that uh, that you all played the worst game at the, on the worst possible day at the worst possible moment. What lessons do you think that you and the coaching staff have learned from that game, taking it to this upcoming season so you don't have any type of repeat performances like that? Well, I think the most important thing is not to take the little things for granted. And I know that's all coaching speak. But when it's all said and done with, we need to make sure that we are on, on, are on top of everything, meaning that we got to make sure that we're mentally preparing our guys to be ready for those situations on top of that, making sure that they're physically prepared. We have to be better as a staff. So we're not taking anything for granted. That's why we're enjoying the moments that we have right now. We got a bunch of guys participating. I think the competition level has been exciting and it's been uh, uh, great being out there and watching these guys work. That's the fun part of it. Now it's our duty and our job to make sure that we're maximizing, maximizing everything that they're doing and making sure that we're getting the best out of everyone. So it's our job to make sure that we don't take anything or any player or any play 
for granted. We'll go last to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good to see you as always, man. <laughs> hey, Herbie. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. I actually have two questions here for you. Okay. You're obviously a former NFL running back. You, you coached running backs. What was it about Greg Lewis um, th- that you said to yourself, hey, this guy would, would thrive if we moved him from wide receivers to coach running backs? And I'll have a second question after that. Okay. Greg's a football coach. And when the, when the opportunity came about, that's what he wanted to do. He, he came to us and said, listen, I want to learn more. I enjoy coaching football. This is what I want to do. He accepted the challenge and he wanted to put himself in that particular position room so he can gain a, 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 a full capacity of what exactly what we're doing on offense. And so with that said, that just goes to show you the type of person he is. All right. And then on top of that, how smart and intelligent he is, but also, too, he's going to work at it to be better every single day. You mentioned Edwards and receiving skills, and obviously now you have a former wide receivers coach coaching that room <laughs> there. How has that worked out? You know, what he's trying, his philosophies as a wide receiver coach working out with the running backs to catch the football. You know what? I think he's going to be great. I think those guys are going to have a better understanding of coverages. You know, with Greg being a, a former player who's been out on the perimeter and seeing certain things, I think he'll help those guys and identify exactly what's going on in the back end. So I think Greg is going to bring a tremendous amount of uh, of, of mental capabilities in that room. On top of that, I mean, uh, he got some good players, but I do know this. G. Slew is going to work his tail off with those guys, and those guys will perform at the highest level. Coach E.B., we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. I, I have to say this before I go. I'm disappointed nobody asked me about the twin. and <laughs> Yeah, take care. <laughs> That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sports BKC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website, and certainly they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel, and heck, $5.99 a month. That's still a good deal. What a great time to subscribe. You can read about what's going on with the Royals, the Chiefs, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.